0: Hello. Welcome to Money Matters with Matt and Rich. Minus Matt today. He's uh, moving. So uh, yeah, he's moving and it's just me solo in the studio. Um, But I did get somebody on the line who I think will be helpful uh, in learning a different piece of the real estate puzzle. Uh, So what I mean by that is, you know, you contact a real estate agent, they help you buy, they help you sell. Uh, they help you invest. Um, but where, what's another way to get properties or to buy properties other than, you know, what's on the MLS? Uh, well, there's off-market uh, transactions that happen. Uh, those happen all the time. And there's more than one way to get an off-market transaction. And that's, you know, through something called uh, wholesaling, um, you know, off-market um, marketing, you know, direct uh, letter stuff. And that's uh, kind of what we'll chat about today. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure where to go because, you know, Matt's not here to, to pick me up. So uh, I do have Jeremy Chartier on the line. He's with Tall Pine Properties, and he is the founder and executive of this pro- of, of that company. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you say hello?
1: Hey, uh, executive's a fancy word for it.
0: But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, you're the boss, you're the boss man. You created this. Uh, tell me a little bit about you know how you came into this and what you you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so um, so I just kind of got started with this business at the beginning of this year. so fat you know, rewind about two years when we bought our first personal residence, my wife and I, and uh, never really thought much about real estate before that. Had no idea how to even buy a personal residence. Mm-hmm. So we kind of started with a lender and uh, got pre-approved. And then we found an agent who was referred to us by the lender mm-hmm. and uh, ended up going with him. And we just looked around for a while. You know, we're talking summer of 2020 when things Fun. were really heating up. Mm-hmm yeah it it was uh it was tough we didn't uh we didn't get a our offer accepted on the first house that we lived at that's for sure
0: tell me about summer of 2020 tell, so you 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 made at least one offer that summer
1: yeah so um you know it kind of started off we were looking in southern new hampshire here uh my wife and i both lived in new hampshire our entire lives and we knew we wanted to kind of you know next step to starting our family was buying a house since we were living in uh, seven, 800 square feet with a roommate. So
0: yeah. not
1: ideal for families. So Not
0: conducive. No, uh, definitely not.
1: So yeah, I mean, we were seeing a really challenging time as a buyer as continued on for probably another year and a half after that, or probably close to two years.
0: Now, did, um, now, Were you making offers on properties along the way or were you just kind of not finding the right stuff?
1: Yeah. So we were, so obviously uh, inventory was pretty limited, but what we were finding that was going on market, you know, we were like kind of lining up outside of these houses to, uh, to take a look at them and we we're like, Oh boy, someone here is going to outbid us. Mm-hmm. And uh, sh- sure enough, it ended up happening sure. um, a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We That's, actually
0: at- <laughs> yeah. Like, like every other home buyer, you know, the last few years. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we, you know, we looked at a couple nice houses, but we had a uh, kind of a hard time. So we ended up finding one that was just outside of where we wanted. We live over here in uh, Lineboro, small town, 1200 people. And um and so we put our offer in that was well over asking 2 days after it was on market, got it under contract and uh and the rest is history, so um I'll no. fast forward about a year from there is when uh You know, after that happened, I was really interested in real estate and I kind of understood it a little bit better. So fast forward about a year to August of 2021. um, I bought my first investment property, which was uh, still have it. It's in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And
0: wait a second, we uh, so out of
1: state investing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I joined the mastermind that kind of um, Emphasized, you know, cash flow from afar, and yeah. uh, you can do this. And and so they had some investor agents that were really well versed in, um, you know, dealing with out of state people and helping. You know, a lot, they were all investors themselves, so it made things easier. They kind of understood.
0: What's um, now? What's so, that? What's that mastermind call? That, that, you know, it might be good for people listening or myself uh, to kind of understand what, yeah. what that means and and where to find them.
1: Yeah, so that one's called Addicted to ROI, mm-hmm. um, or investment. Agents Invest. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they um, they uh, basically have, like, this uh, forum where you can ask questions, kind of get an understanding from people who are doing long-term invest or I'm sorry, long-distance investing. Um, but they also, like I said, have that network of agents that's really used to working with investors. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially the property that we bought was actually not listed on there, but they kind of have a bulletin board of, um, you know, properties that are for sale, um, that the agents will put on there as well for extra exposure. Um, we had put in an offer on a property that was on there, didn't get accepted, but I found another one that was just down the road and that's the one we ended up buying. So that was a three unit.
0: Three Yeah. Cause I was going to say, can you, uh, I know we've kind of taken a little uh, detour here and in, in as far as you and your business, but, uh, I'd love to hear about that three unit, you know, like, uh, the details about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that one's, uh, it, it's a little bit like uh Manchester, I would say where it's like this area of Milwaukee is all much older multifamily houses. So this one was built in like 1890. Um, and, uh, we just kind of ran the numbers on it and the numbers seemed to make sense and so we ended up buying it um
0: what were you looking for, but, for from a numbers perspective
1: so we ended up buying it for 190
0: 190,000 um, which is yep for a 3 unit yep wow,
1: 190 nice. for a 3 unit so so that's kind of what drew us to to Milwaukee as well was yeah. we're just kind of looking at cash flow not so much um appreciation because sure. that's going to be a little bit lower in a market like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah so we ended up buying it for 190 and and it just kind of made sense. It kind of fit the 1% rule um, where rents were you know gross rents at market rate are about $2500 a month so
0: Oh, yeah. So it beat the 1% rule, which, which uh, the 1% rule is, uh, do, the, do the rents equal 1% of the purchase price? And if it does, then look further into that property, see what's going on with it. And is it a good deal? Or can it be better? Uh, or is there something else going on, right? Like it, kind of a quick rule of thumb to analyze a property or, or know when to stop and maybe analyze it. Even, even in here in the New Hampshire market, if you see something like that, it's like, wait a second, let me take a further look. Um, not all properties are going to meet that 1% rule, but it definitely makes you pause and say, let's look at this closer. Um, but out there, it seems like that's kind of the the norm. Would you say that?
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it is a great litmus test of kind of, uh, hmm, should I look into this a little further? Um, you know, any one thing I would suggest though, when you have a property like that, um, you know, that's so old now, this is one thing that I wouldn't have really, learned unless i just done it myself is that like you really need to keep you really need to keep your capex high um, because stuff's going to go wrong and just being an older house like that's just kind of how it goes
0: yeah typically that's the offset right is uh you get a lower purchase price uh, maybe some good rents but there might be some uh deferred maintenance either you know because of previous owners or just uh ongoing maintenance and upkeep that's needed because of the older home
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we kind of had to make some repairs off the bat um, with that one, like a little bit of foundation um, repairs. We had some moisture coming into the basement. Um, so we basically had that kind of fixed and repainted. Uh, had a little bit of uh, roofing that we had to replace as well as uh, turn one of the units, get rid of some trash, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's kind of hard to do um from a long distance but um if you have a good team on the ground then it makes life much easier i mean it makes it possible altogether
0: right right so did uh that agent that you reached out to over there uh in milwaukee did they have that team already kind of established uh how did that how did you figure out who to work with there
1: yeah so it, it kind of made getting um you know making those connections much easier and that's again one of the benefits to working with an investor who's used to or an agent who's used to working with investors too is like um just you know this agent that i worked with had his own properties in milwaukee so he had you know recommendations for a lender and insurance uh, provider and stuff like that but mm-hmm. you know they may not always be the best priced either or have the best service so i definitely suggest kind of um you know, trusting, but verifying, uh, figuring out, okay, that's great. He has a recommendation. Is that, does that make sense for me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, didn't you tell me about this one? Uh, there was something with the insurance you might've been able to get a better rate or, or could get a better rate. Was that this one?
1: Yeah. So, so we had some insurance issues at first where essentially we were having a hard time finding a company that was going to cover it for a rate that made sense. So like, Again, being my first inven- uh, investment property, I kind of looked at it like, "Oh, okay, so we'll figure fifteen hundred bucks for insurance." And uh, you know, yeah. Come to find out, um, once we were under contracts, uh, I think the insurance quote we got was like thirty-eight hundred dollars oh, uh, for this property with lousy coverages too. So really. Uh, so yeah, we ended up so we didn't put uh, hold the deal back on getting closed. We ended up putting that policy into place, but we cut that number in like half with way better coverages by going with a different provider uh, a little bit later down the road. So.
0: Sure. Sure. So yeah, doing your diligence on that stuff. uh, Especially when you're looking at insurance, I'm looking at insurance right now uh, on a three unit that we're closing on hopefully next week. Um, And yeah, we got, you know, one rate of like, I don't know, 1800, the other was 1500 and like, well, what's different, right? What's different. Um, one being a broker, I mean, a, uh, an owner's policy, like a commercial type pro- policy and one's a tenant policy. So like just that alone was different. But then the biggest thing was replacement cost. They had the same liabilities, you know, million dollar policy. Um, but replacement cost on one was like $550,000. I mean, the, the building at, you know, if you figure it 200 square foot to rebuild, it should have been like four fifteen, you know? as a max um so that was a big thing and uh so we ended up going with the same guy that i always use which worked out well but you know we had started to shop around a little bit to see what was different out there Uh, but to your point yeah definitely do some shopping around Mm -hmm. find the right one uh if you're local new hampshire cross matt smith he's the best cross insurance um, reach out to me and i can get you his contact info uh we'll do that he's he's pretty good
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all insurance policies are definitely not created equal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of remembering now the reason we ran into issues was because I brought uh, bought this property with a partner, um, mm-hmm. and they were looking at it. So it was an LLC. It was a commercial policy. Yeah. Um, but each of our LLCs owned our stake yeah. in the property level LLC, which kind of added to the confusion. And they were like. Um, just because of that structure, it was going to be extra money. I'd been told by somebody else, good luck getting insurance. I'm like, well, <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to figure it out.
0: <laughs> so you were able to keep that same structure and still get a policy that was less expensive with the same coverage or better?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and kind of to your point there, um, replacement cost is really what drives that price up. Like uh, even this three unit in Milwaukee, again, we're, I think that we are around a, $425,000 replacement cost on that thing. So that's where it really gets you. That's, you know, it makes a big difference. So,
0: yeah. And it's funny. Cause it's, you know, some people will say, well, I'm only buying the, the property for 200,000. Why is, why is 400,000 the replacement cost? It's, it's it's just that's the build cost you know that's like to have this a lot of concrete
1: a lot of wood a lot of drywall and everything that's gone up in price so much
0: yeah exactly it's going to actually cost you more to buy if you wanted to build this property um and you know significantly more depending on the market you're in
1: yeah and worse things worse uh you know as long as everybody's safe if the place burns down then you get a new building out of it but
0: yeah yeah exactly You uh, you get uh go through the building process, which I'm sure will be just as fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, from afar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're from afar. Have you ever seen the property?
1: No, I haven't seen it. Um <laughs> just, you know so still we can kind of go off of <laughs> we kind of go off of like, uh, you know, we got a home inspection on it because we were closing on it. So, um, we go off of the videos and the pictures of the home inspector, the, um, you know, the property management, when they go to turn a unit, like Mm -hmm. they take all sorts of pictures. And so uh, basically it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of trusting your boots on the ground with long term or uh, long distance investing. But, um, you know, really the reason I kind of pivoted to what I'm doing now is because I decided that um, maybe, maybe in the future, but for now it's, it's not really for me, we're going to hold on to that property. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, just kind of looking forward here, I'm like, well, all right, we bought this property thousands of miles away um, at market value. Yeah. And just kind of thinking about long-term I want to start buying properties at a discount. So that's kind of why we got into what we were doing now. Don't, don't we all don't we all? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and,
0: and those don't typically hit the MLS and they don't typically hit the, uh, the public facing sector. I mean, if you're lucky, you can find one, but you gotta be quick on it because I mean, there's one right now in Dover that's well below market value, but it needs some work. Um, yeah. And, and there was one in Manchester that I ended up scooping up was the same thing. It was well below, but it's needed significant work to get it to market value. So those are the ones that typically, you know, you find out there that come to the public, you know, public market. But what you're doing is uh, sounds like you're looking for a discount in a different way.
1: Yeah. So, um, so essentially kind of at the beginning of this year, or it kind of started planning for this last year. Um you know, we had our first uh, we had our first baby in October.
0: Oh, congrats.
1: and yeah, thanks. And and I kind of figured, what better of a way to welcome the baby into the world than to uh, quit my full time job <laughs> two days beforehand? So that's uh, that's okay. what I did. And All right.
0: Interesting strategy.
1: <laughs> with some reluctant uh, support, we'll call it support from my wife. We, uh, we ended up, I ended up doing that, um, got to spend the first few months of, uh, you know, the baby by, you know, enjoying her, taking care of her. And uh, so basically when the new year rolled around, so when my wife went back to work and I um, said, all right, well, I'm going to start, uh, start kind of going in this direction of doing direct-to-seller marketing to try to get some, uh, get some deals going, so.
0: Okay, so you, you left a, a full-time W-2 job? Is that, is that what you were yeah, working before? Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So so my wife and I have always lived pretty lean. Like I'm mm-hmm. big into the uh, financial independence uh, uh, kind of ideology. So like we've pretty much always been able to sustain ourselves on, on one income. So we've always kind of put the rest into savings. But yep. you're not going to build long-term wealth by just, just tucking money away.
0: Yeah, saving so, in a bank
1: account. Yeah. Um, yeah, so – um so we kind of said, all right, well, you're going to continue to work your W-2 job for our benefits and to keep our keep the roof over our head, continue to take care of the baby and our expenses. And and I'm going to do the opposite and spend some- <laughs> a lot of that money that we've saved and, uh, you know, pour it into this business that may or may not work out. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, a lot of support, um, I'd say, and trust in your efforts and abilities to, to get something done. Um, tell me how it's been going
1: and like, what's the, yeah, some of the so, stuff you've um, done? Yeah. So it, it's been going well, just, um, you know, I'm still, so like I said, I'm, I'm new to this. It's been eight months or eight and a half months now since I pretty much started almost right at the beginning of the years when I got kind of got going with it. Um, and you know, things have changed a lot in that time too. Um, yeah. The market started off sending. Yeah. You know, just kind of deciding who are we going to send mail to? And that's one of the primary ways that we do our marketing is through direct mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of figuring out how do we get in front of motivated sellers? Um, and that's something we're still working on as well. So. Yeah. I'm
0: making some tweaks along
1: the way, I'm sure. Yeah, actually I'm, I'm going, I know I told you the other day, I'm, I'm kind of going through a major overhaul right now of how, how I organize my data and what lists I'm pulling to try to kind of get in front of people who may potentially have the motivations to sell but um you know at, at the end of the day too um, it, I kind of have to bring myself back to my roots and remember why I started doing this and it's not to get rich it's not um you know to to buy properties for pennies on the dollar but um you know what does a wholesaler do well, what does an agent do? They connect a buyer with a seller. Right. We're essentially doing the same thing, just to a much different and in a much different way. Um, we're connecting sellers that may not necessarily have a property that's, you know, going to have a good time on the MLS. That may need some repairs. They may be in a troubled financial position, um, and they just may need to walk away from the property and not have to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're connecting those properties with buyers who are typically investors who um, you know are willing to put that work in and make this a nice turnkey property for somebody who wants to live there with their family
0: yeah yeah either for themselves or for uh someone else either going back onto the market um you know from an agent perspective that would be certainly something that you know that we would do is, you know, to be able to buy something like that from a wholesaler, you know, at a discount, like you would mentioned, and then, you know, get it fixed up, put it on the MLS or, you know, if, a, if it's, uh, you know, an end buyer that finds out about it and wants to do the work themselves to live there. You know, this is a couple options um, that I'm sure you, you're able to provide for, you know, a buyer for the property.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and it really, um, it can be a win-win for everybody. So like, I'll just touch on a, a deal that I did um, back in uh, April. I think we ended up closing in May, but mm-hmm. um, so it was a seller who basically had been, had this property for a long time. He'd inherited it and he had a tenant in one side and um, the other side was completely vacant, needed a ton of work, estimated probably around $70,000 in rehab. And um, so we just kind of looked at it and said, uh, you know, what are you looking to get out of this? And he kind of gave us his number um, and he just wanted to be done with it because he was at the point where he was starting to spend his social security checks on kind of trying to do little fixes here and there. But, you know, just keeping up with the cost of materials and the cost of labor. He, he never would have been able to get anything done. so um, so we ended up offering him like right about what he wanted. It made mm-hmm. sense for us. Yeah. Um, we sold it to another investor or a contractor actually, who got a good deal on it, yeah. and he's gonna put some guys to work, and they're gonna they're currently working on fixing the property up. And uh, and you know, I think he's going to hold on to it for a while rent out the other unit and add a nice rental unit to the, uh, to the community. And, um, so it really can be a win-win for everybody.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, you know, like you would mention the seller was certainly in a, uh, financial, probably emotional and mental distress situation, right? Uh, having to spend his money coming from a social security checks just to renovate this property that he owns and, and doesn't know what to do. And, and then you kind of come along and give them an opportunity to be done with it. Um, and then, you you know, you have a buyer that's, that wants it, and he wants to put some people to work. You know, they're going to make income, helping them out, getting it getting it ready. And, yeah, like you said, a, a new rental unit in the community. That's great. Uh, was that – what community was that in or the area?
1: That was in uh, Greenville.
0: Oh, okay. Greenville. Nice. Yeah, so what – Kind of markets are you looking in, or focusing on, or, or shifting to? I guess.
1: Yeah. So my efforts have mostly been targeted toward Hillsborough County, just because of the uh, population here, and there's a lot more properties to uh, um, kind of go after, um, and with our marketing dollars. But mm-hmm. um, I think I'm going to be expanding a little bit, probably to Merrimack and Rockingham counties as well um just kind of as we go on here as i'm trying to kind of build my lists and make a little more sense of things um so so one thing that we've also done too is invested a lot into our uh, digital marketing presence so working on search engine optimization so again we can get in front of the people who are looking for uh, you know somebody like our services and um and also uh, kind of build up our brands, reputability, and um, and kind of trust. So,
0: sure, yeah, well, and you're you're you know still young in the business and of of this business. But um, how's it looking this year? Uh, and from the start of this year to the to end of this year, I mean, I know the markets changed, and um, you know some people have kind of put a pause. Some people have ramped up. As far as you know whether they want to sell or not, um, have you seen any changes in the marketplace? You know, I know from an agent perspective, um, you know, buyers are you know more picky, which is good, uh, and they can be, um, but we're still seeing some competition out there on, on on the homes. It's still pretty competitive. The ones that are on the market just a few days still. I mean, we're still seeing you know three, four, or five days on market on you know a majority of the homes, but there are still some homes that are kind of hanging around. Um, have you seen any changes or when you're talking to people, anything like that?
1: Well, we have seen that some people kind of still think that they're sitting on a pot of gold. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I told you about, um, the gentleman who had reached out to us, who Mm -hmm. has a piece of property that he seemed to think had two extra buildable lots on it. Um, plus the value of the house he was looking for almost a million dollars and um and you know we've kind of done our done some research into it i really um you know i i would like to give anybody who wants us to buy their house the most money possible mm-hmm. um obviously i we we just can't lose money no. and uh so no. it wouldn't be a business if it wouldn't be a sustainable um, it, business for sure <laughs> yeah i could try it as my humanitarian mission but um
0: <laughs> unless you need a write off somewhere
1: yeah yeah but um so i think people still think they kind of took them a while to adjust to the fact that the market got really hot and they're like oh well i have this i I have this uh, property that's worth way more i have tons of equity and i could sell it and then i think i think the only thing that kept a lot of people from doing that is the question well where do i go
0: yeah right yeah
1: um so now now we're kind of again lagging behind a little bit with sellers' expectations, and you probably are seeing it too where people maybe saw what their house was worth on Zillow, for example. Not like that's uh, accurate, but um, you know, a year ago or six months ago, and now it's less, and they probably want that initial number still.
0: Yeah, well, and exactly. So things in real estate tend to lag a little bit, um, you know, sellers and buyers and the market itself tends to lag behind, you know the general economy. But um, yeah, I mean, now it's tough because my neighbor just sold for thirty thousand over asking, I've got the same house. and so okay, well, what's different about yours? you might you might have that same uh, value of a home. But how does it yours compare to that one? Is it, you know, nicer? Is it you know, uh, bigger? Uh, so, so taking a lot of those variables into account, yeah, it may be worth that. But let's take a look at it, and let's give you a you know a realistic uh, estimate of value. Uh, the market and you know eventually dictates. I mean, we had a, a house down the road from me. I think they were listed at like six ninety nine. I'm like, there's no way. And sure enough, uh, it went pending. I think, and then the the agent changed the price in the MLS to seven fifty nine. I'm like, unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, like, but then I go, oh my god so is my house worth that but i look at it and I go no it's not like that one's got an in-ground pool you know that one's got a great outdoor space that one's got a you know uh some different features about it so i know mine's not worth that but i know it's you know obviously increased in value what that value is well then that's kind of where i come into play and i say okay let's see what the difference is and, and make my adjustments based upon that um for a value of my property but um I want to I want to go back to what you were looking for for numbers on uh, this long distance investment. Um, I know you, you told us the purchase price is about one ninety, but what were you looking for to get, and what did you get? I guess in regards to the you know return on that investment, either and you know, like what metrics do you are you looking at?
1: So, a lot of people look at like the percentage uh, for return on investment of, uh, you know, kind of the amount of capital they have deployed. Um, we were kind of mo- looking at it more like the bigger picture of thinking, um, what are we going to cash flow each month after we put away for our uh, reserves, which would be uh, property maintenance? Even if you're going to maintain the property yourself or property management, um, I would still factor that in there because. It just kind of gives you a little bit extra of a cushion. Obviously, I'm not going to self-manage a property from thousand miles away. Sure. Some people do. Um, I don't know how they do it, but
0: uh, <laughs> experience.
1: Uh, so yeah, after you're putting aside your money for your property management and your capital expenditures and your vacancies, um, and your repairs and maintenance, uh, we're just kind of looking at the monthly cash flow on this on this property and
0: and kind of went from there yeah you wanted to hit a certain target that's awesome that's great well hey uh jeremy tell everybody where they can find more about you more about your company what you're doing
1: yeah so you can certainly check out our website it's uh, tallpinepropertiesnh.com and uh feel free to add me on facebook i'm not super present there but um i do check in from time to time so it's jeremy joseph uh is my name on facebook try to make it hard enough to find me but I'm, i guess you, i'm giving away my secret now yeah yeah you got to know you in order to get to, to get to you <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you can certainly add me on instagram as well it's jeremy underscore invests and um and yeah i mean I, I guess i didn't really touch too much on uh kind of what we're doing here just uh, that we're wholesaling but uh you know, I'm happy to chat with anybody who has questions or wants to know more about it. I'm happy to share what I what I know and what I'm learning.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I think there's uh, there's definitely another episode here. I'm glad that we were able to, uh, you know, kind of briefly touch on, you know, this whole different world um, and give enough for someone that, that wants to listen back in on another episode. Uh, we'll definitely have you back to more, maybe more expand on what you're doing uh, and how you're doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will just add real quick, um, the, to me, in my mind, the best investment you can make is in yourself. So join masterminds, even mm-hmm. if they're expensive, pay for them. If you're really committed to it, yeah. I've spent, um, you know, a lot of money on joining these masterminds and, uh, I wouldn't be where I am without them. So
0: no, that's, that's, a, that's great. You know, be around people that are doing what you want to do. I think that's the idea, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, and anybody out there can find me and Matt on www.findnhhomesforsale.com or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and we'll be happy to chat. That wraps us up for Episode 6, Money Matters, Matt and Rich. Thank you.